You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. This episode of the show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and get 20% off your next order. Uh, in this first segment, we want to talk about a player that's entered the transfer portal. And in segment number two, we'll talk some TCU basketball. And in segment three, we'll circle back to some football conversation. But I wanted to cover this because uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago I was talking about um, with the extra year of eligibility with COVID, pretty much everyone on the TCU football roster had a chance to come back next season. And I, th- I think the most important player who had a decision to make was TJ Stormont. Um, one of the tackles on the offensive line. The reason I said that was because TJ didn't play a lot early in the season, but um, he, he ended up appearing in nine games and started the final six games, and it felt like he really stabilized the offensive line. Once he was inserted in the starting lineup, they were able to run the ball better. Uh, they started throwing the ball more, and I'm not sure if that was – because they felt like they had more time back there, but I think it was certainly something that helped, that gave Max Duggan some confidence, that gave the coaching staff some confidence. And, uh, well, T.J. Stormont had the chance to go to the NFL. He could also come back to TCU. And one possibility that I didn't really consider, just because I didn't know it was on the table, um, was he is in the transfer portal, which is the case. It came out over the weekend that T.J. Stormont has entered the transfer portal, uh, he did it Friday afternoon, and he's going to kind of shop around and see where he might land next. Uh, now, Horn Frog Blitz is a really good website, part of the 247 network, and Jeremy Clark does an outstanding job reporting this. So I think it was uh, earlier this week he said that, you know, hey, this is a possibility he might end up in the transfer portal. Um, I, I try not to share too much of that stuff, though, just because, I mean, I want to respect – their business, and they give out that inside information behind a paywall. But kind of knew that was on the table late last week. I didn't really think it was a possibility, though, or I didn't think it was a strong possibility until it happened. So he's going to be moving on. Now, TJ has bounced around to a bunch of different colleges in his career. Um, He's played at Old Dominion, Fullerton College, Colorado State, TCU, and now possibly another institution. And I know based on the reporting that 247 had, um, a big part of this was that he, he was sort of going back and forth on whether he wanted to return to school or test the NFL waters, and uh, apparently he was looking for some insurance. There are insurance policies that you know college football players can get with the institution basically saying, hey, if I get injured in my final year here and it significantly hurts my draft stock, then there's some compensation that I could get. And I don't know the language on these policies. I don't really know exactly the ins and outs of how they work, but it's it's become, I don't know if it's a common thing, because I, I don't feel like a ton of guys have it, but it's it's become more commonplace in the past five years or so. And it, it appears that TCU couldn't really come to terms or just wasn't willing to explore that option. And now TJ is going to take a look at the transfer portal uh, it does not mean he can leave, but, I mean, I think the writing's sort of on the wall that uh, he's he's gone. And, I mean, this is a huge loss for, uh, for TCU. Um, as I said, he started those last six games, 
and that offensive line was a lot more stable down the stretch. You know, they ran the ball better. Um, they were able to throw the ball a little bit more, and I think Stormont was a huge part of that. Now, they do have Obina Ezzi, the big offensive tackle, who's from Memphis, who's headed to TCU. And I don't know if that was part of this, if Stormont thought he was going to lose his job to Ezzi, um, his starting job to him in the fall. I, thought, I think there would at least be a competition there because usually Gary Patterson and that staff are um, – they like to lean on the guys that have already been there. And TJ had a year on this new transfer. Um, he understands the system. So I certainly feel like there was a chance for him to um, start. And, I mean, even if he wasn't starting, TJ was going to be a huge depth piece for this offensive line. So it's a blow. I mean, is it the end of the world? No. But, again, I just thought Stormit did a really good job of stabilizing this unit and was going to have, you know, a place, whether as a starter or as kind of a swing tackle, um, swing offensive lineman that could play multiple positions, he would have had a number of opportunities to play. And I think he was probably the best lineman they had this year. So it it's a big blow. Um, Quazel White is an offensive lineman that also entered the transfer portal along with uh, Kelton Hollins. So they're losing some depth on this offensive line. They're losing a guy in Stormont who would potentially start. And all of a sudden, this goes from a unit that that felt like it was rounding into shape as at least having the potential of being one of the better um, position groups on this team. And it's just unfortunate because all that momentum is is sort of stalled. It's, It's not gone. I still think they have some good pieces there. I think they're going to be better than they were last year because early in the season, I mean, it was so bad. Like, that K-State loss was basically a lot of it boiled down to that offensive line just could not hold up and could not play against a a pretty decent K-State defense, K-State defensive line, and and that's what did them in. So, um, it's unfortunate. I I wish they could have found a way to to work this out. but I understand why TCU would be hesitant to give Stormont an insurance policy. And usually when you hear about these insurance policies, it's with guys that are first and second round picks. And no disrespect to TJ, but, I mean, I think, I think he would have been on a roster uh, in the NFL, at least during training camp, because he's a huge body at 6'7", 325. And, I mean, you can just never really have enough of those types of guys even if it's on the practice squad, on your roster. But I think at best he would be a sixth or seventh round pick. I mean, there's there's no way, unless he had a huge year this year, which he still has a chance to do, that this guy was going to be a, a day one draft pick. So, Stormont moving on. They're going to have to shuffle some things around and figure that out. But it's just it's a big blow because I really felt like um, he could have been a, a huge piece of next season's team. We'll take a break, and when we come back, I want to get into uh, some TCU basketball. Before we do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. Hope you watch the NFL playoffs this weekend. I got to watch a lot of it, and we got conference title games coming up this next week. So make sure you go to betonline.ag to get the latest lines, to bet on the over-under, to bet on all the different prop bets as we head into uh, championship weekend. 
BetOnline.ag. They have sports news. They have great betting advice. And if you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you go to their site, you can get a 50% welcome bonus. So you can wager some money. It's not even really your own money. It's a welcome bonus. You can wager a little money, see how it goes. But they are your online sports book experts. All the latest data, all the latest tips and tricks of betting. Make some money today. Go to BetOnline.ag. All right, back here on Lockdown Horn Frog segment number two. And let's talk some TCU basketball. And let's start with the women who played this afternoon. And the TCU ladies, congratulations to Reagan Peebley and her squad. They get a victory over Kansas, 81-78 to in overtime. And what ended up being a pretty thrilling game. And shout out to my guy, Matt, who listens to the pod every day. I know his family was out there. He was taking some pictures. I was jealous he was on campus. He was at that game in, uh, in Shalemire Arena this afternoon. But the Frogs... Um, jumped out to an early lead in this one. We're actually up 25-15 to 15 after the first quarter, led at halftime, and then Kansas sort of caught fire on offense in the third and fourth quarter and had uh, like a six-point lead with about four minutes to go, and the Frogs were able to make some plays down the stretch. Lauren Hurd had a nice game, 19 points on six of 16 shooting. Um, also, Yummy Morris had 16 points. Caroline Germain. Maybe not the biggest day in the stat sheet, only seven points in the day, but she played really good defense, sort of ran the offense um, throughout the afternoon. So she was also huge. And it, it's the first Big 12 win this season for TCU as they are now 1-5 in conference play and 6-5 and overall. But a nice gut check victory for a team that had just – I mean, they, they'd really struggled, um, you know, lost some, some tough games early, lost a really close game to Texas Tech on the road, and then just got blitzed by Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Um, had a rough stretch going there, and they were finally able to get off the schneid and get a victory today. And, and got some contributions from some of those role players, some of that supporting cast. You know, we, we I've talked about it all year. Like, Lauren Hurd is going to find a way to score points. Um, she's fantastic. But other players have to step up and, you know, kind of pull their weight offensively to make this thing go. And today you had uh, six players scoring double figures. Um, Michelle Berry had ten points. Tavi Diggs came off the bench and had ten points, and she had some big buckets down the stretch. TCU was able to force some turnovers. They benefited from some missed free throws. But I think just psychologically this is big because this team was good last year. I mean, they would have been in the NCAA tournament. They finished second in the Big 12 if it had gotten played, and this season has just been, I mean, pretty much everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. They've had some injuries. They've had to deal with, you know, COVID like everyone else, and it hasn't come together, but it finally sort of all came together today and uh, really happy for, for the girls, and hopefully psychologically this is just a huge boost. I mean, going into the year, you know, had some – not super high expectations, but at, at least thought this team would be kind of middle of the league, and it, it's just been tough. You've lost, you know, every game in conference play up to this point, but to get that victory over Kansas and just see, okay, the work we're doing in practice, it's paying off. You know, the the, the grind that we're on right now, there's some reward there. We can buy in to what Coach Peebley and the staff is telling us because – um, you know, when we execute and we play well, we're going to get victories. The problem is 
the schedule just continues to be tough. Uh, on Wednesday, they play Texas, who's number 21 in the nation. And then Saturday, a home game against Texas Tech, who they played really well in Lubbock, actually got up to a big lead in that game, and then just uh, squandered it and, and could not come back. But a chance for a win against Tech, you know, you got – Baylor in a couple weeks, but then you have West Virginia, Kansas, Kansas State. So let's see if this team can kind of get their mojo back, string some wins together, and get something going. You hope that they can. I think Reagan Peebley is a really good coach. It's just been a tough year. Um, Finally, though, you you get a victory and sort of see that result, a good result come in, get a W in that column, and hopefully they can move forward and start piling a few of those up as they go down the stretch here in conference play. Uh, the TCU men did not play this weekend. West Virginia is uh, not able to feel a team right now due to COVID-19. So the Frogs were not in action. But they have a tough game uh, coming up on Wednesday against number 15, Texas Tech. Tech uh, is coming off a loss to Baylor in a game that they probably um, at least had a chance to win. They ended up losing 68-60. to But Jared Butler for Baylor had a really tough day. And Tech kind of grinded out the first half. They were up 37-34 to 34 with about 12 minutes left and just could not find a way to close that game. But um, as always, Chris Beard's teams, they get after you defensively in a big way. And, the, and Mac McClung, who was there, uh, one of their players, he's a transfer from Georgetown. He had a huge shot against Texas to give them the lead. And uh, he had 24 points against Baylor. So he's, he's really starting to get going after sort of a slow start. Had huge expectations coming into the season, so it's going to be imperative that TCU finds a way to slow him down. But, you know, the main thing I'm looking for, I don't expect TCU to win this game. I'd love it if they do, but, you know, the way they're playing right now, it's just hard to have a lot of optimism about them upsetting a top 15-ranked team in the country. My question is, how do you respond after getting completely embarrassed by Oklahoma? And you've lost three straight. Things are not going well. Um, You've had a week and a half now, though. To prepare. You had a week and a half to prepare for this game. You knew pretty early on that you weren't going to play West Virginia. So did you get some extra film sessions in? I I don't really know how they went about that or how they handled that. You would hope, though, that they are at least super competitive in a game where they have this long to kind of get ready, get mentally prepared, physically heal up, get some practice time together. Um, It's time to start seeing – some results because this could go the other way really quickly. I mean, if you get beat soundly by Tech, again, that schedule we talked about, it does not get easier. Or all of a sudden, are you fighting, hey, fellas, hang in here with me. Let's not throw in the towel um, because that, that can go down the drain in a hurry and in a big way if you can't find a way to kind of course correct and get the guys on the right track. So I think – it's a big game just from the perspective of, hey, can this team hang in there, keep playing hard, keep playing well, and uh, go about their business and, uh, you know, stay with the process here with Jamie Dixon. And we'll see that go down on Wednesday. Coming up, we'll talk some more TCU football. But before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar. Uh, was really excited over the weekend. I got a shipment of Built Bars. Thank you to Built Bar, one of our great sponsors. They sent me – some things to sample and you know I immediately looked and I found that German chocolate bar that I love so much but I also 
tried peanut butter brownie, and that was fantastic as well. The classic peanut butter is a great flavor. Cookies and cream is a popular one. That's one uh, that's that's worth tasting. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on. Get 20% off your next order. And don't forget, Built Bar, it's a good healthy snack for you. Only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of fat. It's not going to uh, ruin your diet. It's not going to ruin your, your eating plan, but it'll fill you up, and it's good fuel for your body. BuiltBar.com. Get 20% off today. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code locked on. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily TCU podcast, Stephen Simcox here with you. And I want to talk about something that I was thinking about this afternoon. Before I do that, though, let me share with you, as I frequently do, you can rate and subscribe the show uh, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. I'd love if you'd subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify. I know I'm on TuneIn as well. Wherever it is that you tune into those pods, um, please subscribe. I know, you know, Matt listens frequently. My friend Jacob listens frequently. Um also, Tommy interacts with me on Twitter sometimes. And you can interact with me on Twitter, at SimcoxSteven is my personal account, at LockedOnTCU is the show account. Give me some feedback. Ask me some questions. I'd love to interact with you. But when you subscribe, it downloads automatically to your phone. You can also rate me on Apple Podcasts. Give me a review. That would be great uh, just from the perspective of, hey, if somebody stumbles upon the show or searches the show, and I have a number of good reviews. They're probably going to be more likely to tune into an episode and listen to it. Um, so I'd appreciate that. Later on in the week, I'm going to talk some more TCU baseball as we kind of inch closer to the season. And hopefully we'll have a finalized schedule soon. On Tuesday, the Big 12 athletic directors are supposed to vote on what this schedule is going to look like for baseball this season. Um, you know, how many games they're going to play in conference play. Kendall Rogers had a report that he had heard the coaches are in favor of a 32-game Big 12 slate, which would mean four-game series every single weekend. Not sure what the athletic directors are thinking, but we'll hopefully have some more clarity on that later in the week. But I want to preview some of that, and then, of course, we'll always have our great coverage of TCU basketball and TCU football as well when the news comes out about the offseason. But I, I saw this earlier today. Here's a tweet from Pro Football Focus College. And Pro Football Focus is a really interesting website, a good website. They grade players on every single play, so it's a little more sophisticated, it's a little more in-depth than you know just your typical um, website or service that's going to say, hey, this guy's good, this guy's bad. It has some advanced numbers. They chart every play. They grade these players so you get some different results than you would from just somebody who's kind of using the eye test. And uh, high, here's the tweet. Highest graded cornerbacks in coverage this season. The number one player, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, who graded out at 89.1. He's ahead of Marcus Jones from Houston who graded out at 88.9. Patrick Sertain, who's probably going to be the first corner, either him or Caleb Farley, taken in the 2021 NFL draft who graded out at 88.6. And then Zach McPherson at Texas Tech, another Big 12 player, graded out at 85.7. And I know that LSU calls themselves DBU. And rightly so. They have some really good corners and safeties in the league. And they churn out talent that position consistently. But I'm sitting here and thinking today, you know who also has a pretty good claim to that? 
it might be the TCU Horn Frogs. Now, from an NFL perspective, you know, Jeff Gladney in the league, Jason Verrett in the league, and it, it kind of tapers off after that. But Derek Kindred had a nice little career. He was in the league for a little while. But if you're just talking about coaching staffs and universities that churn out really great talent at that corner and safety position at the college level, Travis Hodges Tomlinson this year. Before him this season, Noah Daniels was playing well. Keon Stewart was having a nice season. Jeff Gladney, first-round pick. Uh, Trayvon Merrigan, Ardarius Washington, possibly going to be day-one picks this year. Jason Verrett, great player. Even guys like, you know, Kevin White turned out to be a really good college corner. He he had a good career. Sam Carter, Derek Kindred. There's a long list of guys that have played football at TCU at that corner or safety position and have turned into fantastic football players and have really excelled at the college level. And they're mostly players that were, you know, three-star recruits, not super highly rated, but bought into the system and turned into great great college players. And, of course, a lot of that credit goes to Gary Patterson. I mean, he is the leader of the defense. He does an outstanding job at – evaluating talent, and especially on that defensive side of the ball, finding guys who are athletic, who can make plays no matter what position they play, and then saying, hey, come play defense for me, and then turning those players into major contributors for his football team. But it's also worth saying, a lot of this credit goes to Paul Gonzalez, the safeties coach, who's been there for nine seasons, and Jeremy Modkins, the corners coach, who's also been there for nine seasons. Those two coaches are outstanding at developing talent. And they're position coaches, so I would imagine a lot of people across the nation don't know that name. I think in coaching circles, they probably know their name. But, I mean, maybe maybe it doesn't hold up at the next level. Man, TCU has, has an argument to say, hey, we're, we're DBU. Like, we, we are the team that churns out great defensive backs at the college level almost better than anybody. As far as development and execution goes, it's really hard to beat them. And uh, I was just seeing that today because Travis Hodges Tomlinson did not start the year in the starting lineup. Ends up graded out by Pro Football Focus as the top corner in coverage in the nation. That's pretty amazing. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank you for listening today. It's Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.